Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach. Today we have a great guest. Since Colin and I started this podcast, we knew we wanted to have her on. Beth Van Fleet is here. With a jam-packed resume, accumulating over 209 career wins, all with Georgia State, where she has been the head coach now for 10 seasons. With seven 20-win seasons, four national championship appearances, three Conference Coach of the Year awards, two conference championships, and none of those accomplishments compared to the lasting bond she creates with her student-athletes. And to add to that, Beth is the current AVCA Beach representative. Beth, it is great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me to uh, come chat volleyball with you guys for a bit. Yeah, we've had uh, we've talked about you on pretty much every episode. I think in the intro, I mentioned my mantra, which is uh, WWBD. What would Beth do? Um, it's really great. Right? You've some you're someone who's been um, at least around my career from pretty much the get go. When I started at South Carolina as a student, uh, we played Georgia State. Goodness knows how many times per year. Uh, think the thing that has always stuck out at least to me was how nice you have been to everybody how much everybody seems to love and respect you and now I've gotten to see that firsthand um, what's kind of this career been like is this where you saw it going when you were playing at Georgia State um, if I ever had a crystal ball when I was playing at Georgia State I would have definitely de-stressed um, for many many years of my life so yeah when I was a player at Georgia State, I was quite certain I was going in the advertising executive direction. And um, I chose Georgia State for the business program there and was really excited to kick off a career in business. And for two years, I did that. And I went home crying a lot and realized that uh, all I was doing was making money for other people and kind of robbing myself of heart happiness. Um, and so after a couple of years of working in the corporate world, one of my friends decided she was going to move, she was going to move to California to try and play beach volleyball. And, uh, she dragged me along with her. <laughs> I ended up playing on the AVP for like eight years and going through the whole qualifying process. Again, lots of tears, lots of joy, the whole, uh, spectrum of emotions. And then towards the end of my career, um, we started hearing rumblings of, the NCAA looking at beach volleyball as the next uh, collegiate sport. And at that time, I started reaching out to everybody who I knew who was still at Georgia State, uh, because Georgia State was one of the schools that was looking at adding simply because we had added football. And so reached out to everybody that I could there uh, to try to explain to them that I was the only alumni who also had beach volleyball experience and therefore I was the best uh, fit for a beach volleyball coach. Um, so got my foot in the door and really had a great opportunity to work with Tammy Audia. Um, she took me under her wing and taught me a lot about coaching in the first year as I worked with the indoor team as a grad assistant. And so, you know, I think um, finding out that beach volleyball was going to be a college sport really put all the puzzle pieces of my life together. So I'd had this business degree, um, worked in the business world a bit. And I think ultimately college sports are very business-like. And then I had all the experience of working my way up on the pro tour, um, really starting without knowing how to play the game at all and learning from some incredible coaches, some incredible players. And I journaled all the time. So after every practice, I'd write down uh, everything that I learned. And those notes kind of became the spine of our Georgia State program. 
And so uh, it was just, it was really incredible how it all ended up working out. And I ended up in this heart happy career that wasn't even something that was probable when I was in college. That was a long answer, but yeah, that's, that's how I got here. So you moved out from California and went back to Atlanta uh, and just kind of started this beach thing. What did that look like, especially in, is that the second year of College Beach? Yeah, great, uh, great research. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think actually you kind of, you were only a couple of years behind that, but um, yeah. So what that looked like in my first couple of years was a lot of learning, a lot of um, failure. So Tammy, our director of volleyball, who she was an indoor coach, would come out to our practices and help me learn how to communicate better, um, better words to say, how to have her back, how to lead a team. Um, and I drew a lot from my professional experience to begin with, which ended up not building the best culture for a college team. Um, so over probably the first four or five years, I learned to evolve and uh, dial it in more for a team as opposed to an individual. What are the what are the kind of the key differences there, right? Yeah, so the biggest thing I thought coming off of um, my career of playing was, hey, you have this group of, at the time, 12, 12 players and only 10 of them are going to play. So let them play off to see who's going to be in the lineup. To me, if I was on a team, I would want to be able to control my destiny. And so we did weekly challenges. We let people play off for flights. And uh, what ended up happening with our team was it almost became more important to beat our own team to be in the lineup than it was to compete as a team against other teams. Uh, and so Kirsten Gallagher and I sat down after a couple of years and we're like, all right, what are our goals? And our goals are to play for a national championship and our goals are for these girls to be in each other's weddings. <laughs> and so that first class we had played for two national championships, but I have yet to see any of them in each other's weddings. <laughs> now, I think maybe we have a couple coming up, um, but those were those are the kind of bonds we wanted to forge within our team. And of course, not everybody's going to be best friends. We we get that and, and we love having different opinions and, and different um, approaches to different topics, but ultimately can we create something here in this college space where these humans are going to you know create lifelong bonds i love hearing your objective to create this space for your student athletes to create these valuable life bonds and i think you must have had a pretty awesome experience at georgia state to come back and coach at your alma mater i mean you you had an amazing indoor career tallying over 1100 kills who ranked fifth in Georgia State history, over a thousand career digs, winning a couple regular season conference championships for the team. I can only imagine what it would feel like to go back in a little bit of a different role and help athletes achieve some of the honors that you did um, while you were playing there. Yes, um, getting to come back to Georgia State, and I say this all the time, it is my heart project. And for me, uh, when I lead with my heart and my inner voice follows, I know I'm on the right path. And and so getting that opportunity to come back um, was is just incredible to be back in the gym um, working instead of being an athlete. Like I remember so clearly after my last home match as a student athlete, like sitting in the middle of the gym floor, 
crying and saying, I hope I don't ever get better at this stupid game. You know, like I poured my whole heart into it and we came up, um, we actually had a really great run my senior year, but didn't make it to the NCAA tournament, which was our goal. Um, and it's just so funny what you wish for, because that was the exact opposite. Like I probably got two or three times better playing in the sand. Um, so being able to come back um, and to some degree, knowing what it feels like to represent Georgia State as a student athlete, not necessarily in the beach volleyball space, but in the indoor volleyball space. And and all throughout my time in California, every fall, I would find myself checking in to see how the Georgia State indoor team was doing and like checking back in with them. And uh, like my, my heart, part of my heart was always there. And so to get to come back and create something brand new uh, for, you know, this generation of beach volleyball players was super meaningful. Um, and I have a lot of pride in doing that. And, you know, you've <clears throat> mentioned a little bit about wanting to leave uh, kind of something behind. What do you think the legacy looks like right now for Beth Van Fleet at Georgia State? Well, I'm not jealous, but I, I'm very happy for Jansen Button John because she's made it into the Hall of Fame, but she beat me to it. <laughs> it was really cool this year at our um, Golden Panther Awards. She was, Jansen was the very, very first uh, verbal commit that we had. She was the first kid we recruited. She was the first person to show up on campus and get us started and uh, became an All-American and she got inducted this year into the Hall of Fame. So I was very, very excited for her. And I'm sure she thinks it's hilarious that she beat me too. But um, no, I, I actually, I think what I, my legacy, like what I would like to leave behind is that there's a connection between the kids, between the team, between the humans, the the people on the team, the people within the program. Uh, and like, that's what I'd like my legacy to be, like the glue between those those humans. I, the awards and um and things like that, like the recognition is really cool and, and really neat, but it's not my motivation. My motivation is for them. Has um has any of the kind of original players, do they ever make it back and kind of um, check in and, and introduce themselves to the new group and be like, hey, um, everything that you have right now is because I showed up <laughs> and I went through all of that nonsense beforehand. Yeah. All the things that Beth did that were terrible, we lived through them. Um, yeah, no, the alum are phenomenal. And that's something that we talk about regularly, you know, putting your name on on this program, leaving your your tears and your sweat in the sand. Jansen actually came back and volunteered, coached with us for several years. She then went into nursing school and is now working full-time in nursing. Uh, but it's been really cool to have um, various alum come back, um, especially for our home matches. They do a phenomenal job all the years. Like people will just show up. Um, sometimes they come by in the summer, but it, it's really neat to know that they still look back and keep tabs on how the team is doing. It's cool when you see their comments on Instagram or, you know, they'll reach out and be like, oh, this, you know, we saw this. That's so fantastic. So I think um, that piece is really important. And it's something that, you know, we as coaches have to also cultivate. It's it, the more we talk about it with our teams and the more um, we show our current roster, how, how much everybody invested before them. You know, we talk all the time about like leaving the Jersey in a better place. One of the neat things that our sports information director did a couple of years ago was the history of each Jersey. So we have um, in our locker room, 
like number one, anybody who's worn number one and the order that they've worn it. And so it's it's kind of neat to look back and just kind of see the lineage of each jersey too. Uh, just talking about Jansen, right? She's uh, a Southern Californian. Yep. Uh, yep. And so you were kind of out there playing, um, then thinking about coming back and coaching and starting this beach program. How did that time out in California help kind of give you the guidance of like, all right, maybe I want to get into coaching. Had you done some while you were out there? Uh, so I loved coaching probably when I started playing volleyball, just regular volleyball. So in college, our coach had uh, a club team and she allowed all of us to volunteer coach. And I like when she asked if anybody wanted to, like I raised my hand. I was like, me. <laughs> and really nobody else on our team wanted to. So she made me like the third assistant on a team. Um, but I, I loved coaching. And I remember so clearly as like a freshman and a sophomore in college, realizing how much I was learning by coaching, by sitting on the sideline and coaching the game at the juniors level. And so that was something that was always very appealing to me. When I moved out to California, I then became very selfish and very self-focused on my own growth. And once I got to a point where I felt like I started understanding what beach volleyball was, I really enjoyed working with people who were learning the game. So um, towards the end of my time in San Diego, I was coaching a couple of different people, not like on a regular basis necessarily, but here and there. Um, I think one of my best success stories. Uh, my friend, Carol, I started coaching her. She was in the qualifiers. She qualified in, and I got to play her in the main draw and she beat me. And so that's, I think when I started realizing that maybe I should go a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> that enormous sense of pride of, yes, I taught you to do that. So proud of you and so mm -hmm. bad for myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What are some of those other kind of standout moments from your time as a pro beach player out there in SoCal? Oh my goodness. Uh, there's so many, there's, there's so many. Definitely the first time I got a top 10 finish, that was not something I was even, I didn't even think that was on my radar. That was not a goal. My, my goal was to get a 13th. And for someone else, I was like, as soon as I get a 13th, I can walk away with my head held high. And so many years I would get like three points away from getting a 13th and finish with a 17th. So um, there, the very first time uh, my partner and I, Susanna, finished 10th. So Susanna was our blocker and she got hit in the face more than anybody I know. And so going into this tournament in Huntington, she was like, I bought these new glasses. So when I get hit in the face, they won't break. They'll just detach on the sides and then I can put them back together and we can keep playing. And I was like, that's actually very smart of you. So we're playing in the game for uh, ninth and we're losing and it's windy and she gets rocked in the face and her glasses go flying and she looks at me, she picks them up, she puts them together and we, we both just started cheering. Like, I will never forget that moment. One of our friends knew about her glasses too. So the three of us are just like, yes, that's amazing. And the other team is looking at us like we've lost our minds, but it was such a pivotal like momentum shift. Uh, so I think that moment, will because it was just so comical uh that I'll always remember but I think the biggest takeaway especially from our community in San Diego 
was that we didn't really have many coaches. So I got to work with Todd Maddox a lot. Um, he was really generous with his time and he would meet Susanna and I on the beach at 545 in the morning because he had he was a teacher. So he had to be at work at a certain time. Um, but other than that, we didn't really have coaches. And so the group of women that we had in San Diego worked so hard to learn together. And so like those moments, like yep, we had moments where everybody on the court was arguing. Um, but ultimately I think learning how to compete and give your hardest with a group of women, um, that was very foreign to me. Uh, and it was a really like lot like lifelong learning lesson that I got to go through with those women there was hey, I'm going to honor you and respect you and, you know, really dive into our friendship by playing as hard as I can and doing my best to beat you. Um, and I think it was really cool because we would talk through the net, like, especially when we were training, um, if someone was leaving early in a defense and you could see it, we would tell each other after the point. And so it wasn't so much about winning that pickup game as it was about helping each other get better. And that's something that we've worked really hard to incorporate into our training um, at Georgia State too. So not all bad things that you took from your time as a pro to Georgia State. Yeah, no, not not all bad at all. There is there is so many moments that um, was just like pure joy. Like you'd have a great tournament and you'd just go sit at the beach at night, listen to the waves come up and like everything in the universe felt right. And then sometimes you'd come home and you'd go sit at the waves and cry your eyes out because everything went wrong in the tournament. Um, but I think going through all of, all of those emotions and just giving your, putting your full effort into something, whether you fail or whether you succeed, that's such a valuable lesson. And I feel like that's what I learned tremendously while I was out there. You talked about this love-hate relationship with the game of volleyball a couple of times now. And I think it's like that for all of us because it's, it's such a challenging game, but it's so fun at the same time. Um, but that love had to start somewhere. When did you get your start in volleyball and was there someone who helped play a role in getting you into volleyball? Yeah, uh, so I was the tallest person in my seventh grade class and I was wildly uncomfortable with it. And I think I was regularly mad at my parents for making me tall. And my mom my mom is like always trying to point out all the good things. Oh, well, if you're tall, you can reach shelves that other people can't. And so finally she was like, let's try sports. And uh, so I started playing volleyball and um, like everybody that starts, like it's not a natural game and your arms hurt and you don't quite understand the mechanics of setting or hitting and you feel kind of silly. But at the same time, because it's not a very natural sport in that regard, your learning curve is so steep. And so I think I started playing when I was in seventh grade and I was hundred percent addicted to it by the time I got to eighth grade. And like, I was like, I, I am volleyball. Like I very much attack, I am volleyball. Like that's how I felt most of middle school and then through high school as well. And I don't think I ever, I never, it was never a bad thing for me. Like all through high school, I knew how much I loved playing and how badly I wanted to earn a scholarship. But I also had the awareness that I was by no means like the most gifted athlete on the floor ever. And so because I was so focused on getting a scholarship, I didn't drink. Like there are so many things in high school that I think are big temptations for a lot of kids. But I knew that if I was drinking, whoever was on my level was going to get the scholarship that I was aiming for. And so it was really a very healthy tool for me 
um, to like stay focused and continue to work hard towards what I was, was what I was trying to achieve. What about your beach start? Where where does that come into the picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Tampa, right? So there's tons of beach volleyball in Clearwater. And we'd go to Clearwater and all the nets would be at a men's height. I didn't know there was a difference between men's height or women's height net. You know, so you're these little teenage kids running around in the sand, trying to hit a ball over with the wind and the nets high. And I was like, well, this game seems awful. So I didn't play that much. Um, and then one summer I was back in Tampa working at a water park called Adventure Island and they were having these lifeguard games. And so I got to be on the lifeguard team even though everybody that worked there pretty much other than me were swimmers in college. They were phenomenal swimmers. So on the lifeguard team, I was generally the drowning victim that they would save. And then I was the volleyball player because volleyball was one of the competitions in the state. So all of a sudden we're playing beach volleyball. I think maybe it was fours. Um, but then like that clicked and I was like, all right, people are looking at me to know what I'm like I, I've got to be the person who knows what's happening here. And so I think that was a little bit of a, you know, a light bulb moment for me was kind of fake it till you make it. And I started really having fun in the sand and it allowed me to be on a lifeguard team. And we competed against all the other uh, theme parks from the state. It was, it was quite fun. <laughs> that is so fun. I think your love for the game is very infectious. And one of the best qualities about you is that you spread that love anyone you're around or that even reaches out. I mean, I, I have a very similar story to Colin that you are a very influential part of my start in beach coaching. And my first week on the job, Charlie gave me your phone number and told me to call you. And I called you and asked you some questions and you were so willing to answer all of the questions and just give me all the information that you had I, I think you're a huge contributor to growing the game. And I just want to know, like, where does that come from? Well, first of all, that means so much. Thank you uh, so much for saying that, Michael. Um, but honestly, I think so much of it goes back to South Mission in San Diego. And I learned there that when you help the people around you, you get better. And so if we are all working together to grow our sport, we're all benefiting from that. And it's like, um, you know, there have been people who have done that same thing for me and helped me get started. And like, I very, very much believe on pass I, passing that on. And just generally like being a helpful person, I think it's a really good way to live. How do you kind of work uh, to put that mission into your team, right? They, they get to you as 18 years old, um, at this point, I imagine when they get to you, they've been pretty good for a pretty long time and right? maybe been the, the top of wherever, whatever region they're in. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> how have you kind of worked that new, I guess, Hey, this is Georgia state. This is what we do. This is how yeah. we do it. Um, that part, I think I probably have to give a lot of credit to the team and how they lead. So um, coming in, we have like accountability partners or mentors, like whatever you want to call, we call them Panther pals. And so uh, coming in, every newcomer will have someone who's been in the program for a little while, whether that person's going to be there, if they need to vent or if they need to ask about a good restaurant in town or um, class schedules or help with homework. Um, so it's 
someone who's been in the program and um, knows their way around our program and knows what we're about, knows what we stand for. And then when we're um, having our first couple of meetings, we so we also have committees on our team. And so um, each committee will kind of come up with an agreement that we're gonna have for the year. And so they they really dictate who we are and how we're going to treat each other and how we're going to conduct ourselves for the year um, and, and go from there. So I think, I guess, Colin, like a lot of it is doing my best to give the team as much ownership as they want to take. Uh, because I think when their motivation is intrinsic and not, you know, based on fear or shame or, you know, like something of like, I'm going to come down on them if they screw this up. Um, I think when when it's, hey, we own this and we want this to be something we're proud of when we look back at this in 10 years, um, when when it can come from that spot in, in them, then it's it's going to be successful. And and it's a little bit different every year. And some years we're great at it and some years we're, you know, OK at it. But um, I think regardless of what we look like at the end of the year, I think it's, again, like a process, a learning process for everybody involved. Does that conversation start in the recruiting process, right? Are you getting this this kind of concept talked about as they're a junior in high school at this point or senior in high school? Or when or do you wait till they like have signed the papers? You're like, hey, you're stuck <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh <laughs> no, I think uh, you know, probably like most of us, I generally encourage people in the recruiting process to reach out to team members, like any team they're looking at and like find the people on Instagram and reach out and ask them what they like and what they don't like. I think the biggest thing that we will stress is that it's hard. Like no matter where you go, freshman year is hard and confusing. And when you look back at it, some, for some reason, it's, it's going to have special place in your heart, but living through it is really very tumultuous. Um, and so we mostly just talk about you know, that, like the time demands and, uh, that it, that it's hard and that, um, and that's kind of my, my Becca Broadbeck rule. So Becca was, um, one of our kids that was, you know, there during the COVID years, but started well before that. And after we were doing a semester review after her freshman year, and I was like, so what do you, you know, what do you wish you would have known coming in? She's like, I wish I would have known it was going to be this hard. I was like, I think we told you that. And she's like, nope, I had no idea it was going to be this hard. <laughs> and so I usually, that's like something she's always in my my mind when I'm, you know, having those conversations, like there, it's going to be hard. Like you learn what commitment is, right? You learn the difference between a passion or an interest and commitment. Yeah. And you, you've mentioned now a couple of great players um, that have gone through. Um, you've also had a pretty incredible run of, grad transfers yeah. i mean amy hill uh obviously tiff let's call kg a grad transfer i mean let's do it. <laughs> uh, who, who am i missing uh Lane. chelsea like chelsea, chelsea rice and then annika and tegan Haley paakala mariah Bleason. we had lane carico the first year um yeah we've gotten really lucky with the grad let's students see. I can't uh, grad students grad students are golden and I think again that kind of comes back to the city that we're in so Atlanta is really appealing to people who are starting their careers and so um kind of what makes it a little bit overwhelming for some people as a freshman makes it so appealing for someone coming into grad school and so 
Um, I have the city of Atlanta to thank for that, I think primarily. Uh, but it is, I love, um, I, I love how lucky we've gotten in that category because one of my favorite things, and have you guys worked with many grad students yet? Have you gotten to work with? Yeah. Like they come in and they're, they laugh. They're like, you think like as the, the returners are there, they're, they're like, you think this is hard. <laughs> this is, this is nothing. Like the grad students are like, can we do double days? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like sometimes sure, but not all the time. They're like, well, we only have one year. We got to learn a lot. And this is really very easy on our bodies. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know that I'm doing my job so well if you think it's that easy, but, <laughs> but I think the, the time demands that indoor players are used to um, and that they have to be at, it's all team practices, right? So the way that we structure our practices um, and I'd love to hear what you guys do too, but we do a lot of small groups because it's, you know, in a lot of cases it's around classes or it's just a better learning opportunity. And so the grad students are generally like, yeah, can I sign up for a couple of them? No, you can't. You can come to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you've gotten some pretty great ones from some pretty, I guess, interesting places, right? Chelsea was uh, Middle Tennessee. Um, yep. Amy was Northern Iowa. Yeah. Like what attracts you to a specific, I guess, student athlete in general, but I guess grad students is kind of the thread we're on right now. Yeah. Um, grad students are super easy. Uh, first of all, if they want to keep playing, they've played four years of indoor and they want to keep playing, they're made of something special, right? And then the second thing is um, hearing from their coaches. And generally, like the question, which I'm sure you guys asked too, is would you recruit this person again? Do you want this person on your team for another year? So when we ask the coach, would you recruit this person again? Would you want them on your team again? And they say, absolutely. Then it's a no-brainer. Like, And I think one of my favorites was Amy Held. She's like, I've never played one day of beach volleyball in my life, but it sounds fun. And I was an outside hitter and I was libero and I can learn quickly. And she, Amy held as such a culture kid. Um, and it was incredible to me how many different people called me when, she, when we were recruiting her, telling me how special she was as a person and the role that she had played in their life. And so I think those calls, when you learn about someone's background like that it's it's super easy to say yep we have a spot for you on our team lane carico right first first year first grad transfer how'd you get connected with her how'd you convince a kid to go from manhattan beach california to atlanta did you tell her it was manhattan new york would you right <laughs> so lane had had an incredible career at miami and coming out of miami um, she wanted to play beach volleyball and she wasn't ready yet to go back to Southern California. And so at that time, she had reached out to a handful of schools that were on the East Coast. And it kind of came down between two of us. And she liked that I had recently played on the AVP because that was what she was aspiring to do. And so just 100% with that call and just got super lucky. And getting to work with Lane, like having Lane and Jansen we had such a, an incredible group of, of humans on our team that year. And, um, and they all drove each other. So like Caitlin Rawls, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember her. So Caitlin Rawls and Jansen didn't see eye to eye on most things, which made them a great catalyst of growth for our team because they really continued to spark conversations. And then Lane would come to our practices. She would usually come early. She'd put the net up about five inches higher 
she would practice on that. Then we'd lower the net. She'd practice with our team. And then she would leave to go play men's volleyball at the Virginia Highlands courts for a couple of hours afterwards. Um, her goal was absolutely to be playing professional. And so it was really fun helping her develop those touches and that insight. And she'd grown up playing um, in Manhattan Beach. Like, in fact, when she was in high school, she played against one of my friends in the qualifier. So I, as I was talking to her in the recruiting process, like, oh, I remember you because you played against Ange McHenry and, <laughs> and you were in high school. <laughs> Which now isn't even like crazy, right? I mean, no, many- now that's so. And you and the high school kids are winning the qualifiers now. Um, it's incredible how much the game has grown. Yeah, and you you mentioned how you keep getting lucky bringing in student athletes, and I'm sorry, but I think that is complete baloney. <laughs> um, I think it has to be something with the amazing relationships you're building with them. One of my favorite traditions that I love to watch is on your birthday, seeing all these photos your student athletes post of you of you making silly faces with them or just appreciation posts. And it's something I strive to create relationships with my student athletes as well in that manner. Um, but what, what is your secret or what do you do that helps grow these relationships? Yeah. Um, so one, I love that you called me out that I, I, uh, it's not true that I'm getting lucky. I really feel oftentimes like just again, like, I think it comes back to being a helpful person. Like when you try to do good things, then good things happen. So I feel like that's a, a cycle. It doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen, but I feel like generally things work out for the best. Um, with regard to building relationships, I, what I think we do well is we have an open door policy and very, very literally, I mean this. So um, I got to work with Wayne Holly for a year and it ended up being the COVID year, but uh, he moved over and worked with us. And I remember him saying to me at one point, how do you get any work done? You're, you have an open door policy. Players keep coming into your office. When do you get work done? And I responded that I'll do the work at night or I'll do it the next day. But for us, like that is the number one thing is that someone knows they can come into my office or anybody's office on our staff or our um, academic advisor, our strength coach, just our doors are always open for them. And if that means they need to come in and tell us what's going on at home or they need to come in and tell us about how they think a professor is against them and trying to make them get a B, uh, you know, whatever whatever the case may be, our door is open. Now there will be times that they come in and we say, hey, we're on a deadline. I've got only five minutes, but that's that's pretty rare. Um, and so the more that we can build those relationships, the, again, like the more that just transfers into the sand and the trust. And, and to the point that, especially once people are juniors and seniors, they'll come in hours before practice and say, hey, can I help you write up practice today? Cause I got some ideas of things we need to work on. Like, absolutely. And so, you know, that's very like, depending on what year it is and what class it is, like when Georgia and Olivia were seniors, they pretty much designed every practice that whole year. Cause they were like, we, we need to do this. We're not doing this well, we need to do that. Okay, like just come in and let's put it all together. And so I think um, giving them the space to be as engaged and as involved as they want to with how our program is run, I think is really important. Um, one thing I learned from Kirsten is the more we can respect their time, the happier they're going to be. And, and that's something that I think has been so valuable, always having someone on our team, on our staff who played beach volleyball in college, because 
so many of us as coaches think like, oh, we have no time. We're stressed out. And, you know, this, I'm only going to be able to practice at this time and the team's going to have to work around it. Um, and so like one of the things as simple as like, if we can add conditioning to practice and not make them sweat twice in a day, that is a big deal. Um, one of the other things that Kirsten and I started working on years ago, which has been pretty popular is in the fall when we're not working in such pair specific situations and more individual skills, we will say, Hey, on Monday, we're having three practices. Here are the times pick the one that's best for you. And so giving them some of the control over their schedule goes a really far way, I think, in helping to build some of some of that trust. And we all do it in different ways, right? Like there's, but I think those are the things that I've done consistently. And I don't know um, if that's why all the crazy, silly faces in pictures show up. <laughs> um, I, but I also like, I think it's important to model failure too. So when I screw up, I'll own it. And I know, Colin, I think you were there the year I was late to the bus and we got to South Carolina. I had to run two star drills because I was late and like the refs were laughing at me and called like, because that's one of our rules. Like if you're late to the bus, you do a, a star drill for every minute you're late. And I think I'm the only person that's ever broken that rule. <laughs> and I learned really quickly. <laughs> I want you to imagine the confusion as our team is preparing to warm up for a match or I don't need you weren't playing us. Maybe you're playing Wilmington yeah. or something like that, but you see one team warming up. <clears throat> you see another team surrounding a court, watching their coach <laughs> run a star drill. And the whole time you're thinking like, was she demoing a new pregame warm up or what <laughs> yeah. What, what's she doing? And of course she explains, comes over and explains doing consequences. <laughs> smiles and laughter over a cup of coffee, of course. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's building trust. Like nobody can believe uh, you talked about having somebody that's always played college beach on your staff, right? KG was at UAB. Mm -hmm. um, obviously most recently Tiff. Um, mm -hmm. Tiff played for you. Like, talk to me about that relationship going from played to played for you to GA to assistant coach. Yeah. Tiff is just solid gold. She, Tiffany is incredible. So um it was really clear to me when she started playing that she's absolutely like a coach's brain person. Um, and the year that she played beach at Georgia state was the only year she got to be a single sport athlete. So the whole time she was at her previous university, she was playing both except for one year she hurt her shoulder and she wasn't able to play beach, which is why she had that extra year left. And so for her to be able to dive in and really jump into the beach um, training mentality in the fall made a huge difference for her. Uh, she had a background in sports, uh, sports psychology. So she was really excited to really like get into that in, in beach volleyball. And so um, she was someone that was started her grad uh, degree while she was playing and then had another year left and was like, you know, can, what does this look like? And that had been kind of like a, pattern we'd started. So what, you know, when Amy held came in her second year, she was our grad assistant. When Chelsea was there her second year, she was our grad assistant. And so it worked out. It, it's great because you have someone on staff who knows your whole program, knows your team, and they are introduced then to the administrative side of coaching, which usually they're like, yeah, turn and run. I had no idea. And Tiff even said, she was like, had I known how much work you had to do, I would not have come in as much as I did when I was a player. 
And I was like, well, that's the whole point is for you as a player to never know how much work we have so that you'll come in. Um, and so just watching her grow in that capacity. And then when Wayne decided that he wasn't going to come back after COVID, I was like, Hey, Tiff, who are we going to hire? Like who can be our assistant coach? Uh, and I was going through some different names. And one of the things that we talk about a ton on our team is like advocating for yourself. And so I was just wait, you know, and finally she's like, well, have you thought about me? I was like, yes. And I've been waiting for you to speak up for that. <laughs> and so that just, I was so excited that she wanted to take that next step and really um, get into it. And she, she's just been absolutely phenomenal um, in, in every way. And I think there's so many things I love about her, but my favorite thing is in practices, anytime I'm like, hey, Tiff, can you jump in? She's like, yep, I'm in already. And like, if I was ever going to jump in, I'm going to need 30 minutes to warm up before I can even try to do anything dynamic with movement. Um, and Tiff, like all the time, I'll be like, hey, I'll do all the extra hitting. I'll do all the extra serving. We got to save your shoulder because you're going to go compete this weekend. And so I think it's been so cool having her in practices. Um, because she is in such great shape and she's always training and she can come in and add so much to what she's seen and, and what the athletes are, are learning as well. So um, it's been so fun watching her progress like that. And now she's going to go and play full professionally. She's committed to play for two years um, internationally and domestically. And I'm so excited to just watch her tackle that whole space. Yeah, us too. I mean, she's been awesome. I remember my first year at Coastal, uh, I think we came to you guys and we looked at each other and we're like, wait, I thought we both graduated from managing these GoPros. And yet here we are still trying to figure out how to get these things to work. Uh, oh, GoPros. <laughs> are they going to overheat? Are they going to hold storage? Is the fire? Are they going to cut off every nine minutes? Why? I don't know. <laughs> Uh no, nothing quite like a few nights splicing together film. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny that you talk about the piece where, you know, everybody sees the admin side and then wants to get out of it. Uh, out of the three grad assistants you've mentioned, right, Amy, Chelsea, and Tiff, um, mm -hmm. two are coaches and one is a teacher. So I'm not sure you're doing a very good job of, of warning them, of warning them off. Yeah, well, I just feel like it's it helps them to realize before they actually get into the full workforce how much happens behind the scenes that you never imagine as an athlete. Yeah. You've been such an amazing mentor to so many. Your players, obviously us, two people that aren't in your program. Uh, who has been a mentor for you? Who, who are the people oh, that you look up to? Yeah. So like three people immediately come to mind. Um, first is Sharon Weist, who I got to work with um, actually – uh, when I was living in San Diego at my most time job that allowed me to play beach volleyball. And she was a sales executive there. And I learned so much about life from her. And I think uh, so much of kind of Michael, what you were talking about earlier um, about kindness is like definitely from my, like my parents, but Sharon modeled that every single day. Like some days, every now and then she would come in the office, she'd be like, I'm having a bad day. So be patient with me. And I was like, wow, what a great, like, cause if I'm having a bad day, I'm just, blah, 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 you know? And so she would come and she's like, today's a hard day for me. So please be patient. And you're like, of course, anything we can do. Um, and I think from her, she was so encouraging. She would, again, like she always had an open door policy. I was going through a crazy time in my life. And anytime I needed to talk to her, 
she would make time to talk to me about what was going on in my life, despite all of the calls and all of the appointments that she needed to be on. And so I think she, um, she really modeled that on so many levels and what it is to be a mom, what it is to be a wife, what it is to be a working mom. Um, and, and in so, and in so many ways. And so she's someone still that I call today. In fact, she, um, performed the marriage ceremony for myself and Donald. So she was the person she got ordained and she, um, was the person that married us. So, um, she has been a huge spot in my life. And then, um, from the beach volleyball world, definitely. I talked about him a little bit earlier, Todd Maddox. So he coached uh, at the Bishops High School in La Jolla and he was on the beach all the time in San Diego, like South Mission is where he lives and it's his backyard. And I was talking to him one day, he was like, yeah, I think it'd be really fun to like coach a, a pair and just kind of learn and see. And I was like, uh, Susanna and I, you can learn and see, <laughs> sign us up. And so the the way that he approached the game was just no ego whatsoever. And he was like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. So let's try some things and see what sticks and see what doesn't stick. And so I think he really gave me that platform of try, like just try, come up with something, try. And if it doesn't work, then don't do it again and try something else. And, um, and he, obviously we pulled a ton from his indoor career. He's a phenomenal indoor coach and has been in that space for so long but it was really fun getting to work with him there. And like, I still, I've called him, I called him like two weeks ago, like, Hey, I got some ideas. What do you think about this? And so he will volley talk with me like anytime, which I love. Um, and then the third uh, person that stands out to me who I mentioned already earlier is Tammy Audia, because she was the person who hired me back at Georgia state and really taught me what it is to coach um, at the collegiate level and how much of your heart and soul you Put into it and and the the humans that you're working with so i think those three people have been critical and kind of in all different capacities um and and those are three people that i rely on pretty heavily yeah i think we all have those certain people in our corner that help lay out a bit of a roadmap for us or help us through some tough times um sometimes you just get hit in the face like your former partner right? <laughs> right and that helps turn the momentum to your side what about those moments in your career at Georgia State where you get hit in the face and have to bounce back what do those look like yeah so just talking about obstacles and and things we've had to overcome we've definitely um we definitely have our fair share um and gosh, each one is different. And, and each time a true problem comes up, like you don't really see it coming. And then you got to figure out as a team, um, what you want that story to be. And I think that's something again, going back to, to KG, like that's something that she really drove home for us was anytime you come up against disappointment or getting something that you don't want, how do you use that for your next interview? Like, how do you use that experience for answering the question of tell me a time when you failed, tell me a time when you didn't get your way. And so I think sometimes fast forwarding and looking like almost then reflecting on what you want to be able to say about it helps us guide our, our way out of it. But, you know, I think we lean in a lot on um, our agreements. So again, like whatever those four agreements are going to be for us for the year, um, we'll lean in on those things. And, and we started that whole concept based on the book for agreements. 
um, which I think is a phenomenal roadmap for any program, for any person. I actually spent a year trying to not take things personally. So I kept inviting criticism. Like I do my best and pour my heart into something and be like, so what do you think I can do better? And the team would come and be like, oh, this, 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 this. I'm like, okay, thank you for your feedback. (laughs) (laughs) But it, but it was, it's hard. It's so hard when, you know, like you guys are putting your heart and soul into your careers and into talking to all these coaches and you're always doing your best. Like Michael, like you said, like you're learning every single time you do another episode and then you want to get better. So you do ask like, how can we improve? And then you get that and you're like, okay, but I'm doing my best as it is right now. Um, But I, I do think, you know, when we come up on hard times, a lot of it is just like, Hey, what do we, what do we want to say? This is, this is how we handled it. You know, like, what do we want the story to be? And then let's do our best to write the story that way. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. I think it's great to hear your perspective and all about your journey. So uh, thank you for that. Um, How we like to close out the show is some current events. And because we're recording this just the night before it actually comes out, um, we finally have some current events, not events that happened a couple weeks back. So continuing with tradition, Colin, what do you have for us today? Yeah, usually, right, we talk about some of the things that are changing uh, in beach today, uh, July 18th. Is that the date? Am I right? Yeah, I, I know what day it is. Um, ABCA announced the fall Paris championship, right? So you have a big part in kind of helping get everything organized and making sure that's running. Um, so we thank you for putting all of that together. Also excited to see how the qualifier series piece goes out. Yeah. So if you're if you don't know what's going on, there's going to be some qualifying events in each region uh, where teams that didn't earn an auto bid can earn a qualifier bid, much like an AVP tournament, uh, to the ABCA Falls Championship, Fall Paris Championship in Huntsville, November 4th and 6th? 3rd, 4th, 5th. 3rd, 4th, 5th. All right. It's the weekend. It'll be three days. Um, it's super fun. They streamed some matches, I think, last year, um, especially the final which was pretty great between LSU and, and TCU. Um, other current events, there has been some job movement, the ones that we've talked about a little bit in our previous episodes. UC Davis announced Joe Rich from Cal Poly. Um, so I assume Todd Rogers over there will be looking for somebody shortly. Cassidy Stabile, formerly at SFA and UCA, will now be at Tulane. So Michael and I will get to see her on a regular basis, I'm sure. Um, UCLA, Jose Loyola leaves USA and joins Triple J over there, as well as Bruin alum, Kelly Reeves. Um, Grand Canyon promotes Keone from volunteer to uh, first assistant, I believe, with Abra. And then uh, UCA announced Aaron Martin, a former Boise State Bronco, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Pacific also announced uh, Sydney Wetterstrom, who just came from Southern Miss. So you guys played her at uh, in your conference this past year. She'll be the head coach at Pacific over there in Stockton. Tarleton announced Tatiana is going to take over. She's the GA on the indoor side. She's going to run the beach program. LSU's bringing back an alumni. Uh, Katie Lindelow Dickens from Silver Beach will now be rocking and rolling at LSU with the Tigers. And I'm sure there will be no Katie Katie confusion 
um, as Katie Lee, the assistant coach, also a future guest on Coaches on the Beach. Um, we'll be hanging out with Katie Dickens. Uh, one more kind of, I guess, bittersweet job announcement. Georgia State is looking for an assistant coach. The aforementioned Tiffany Kramer is going to be crushing it on the tour internationally and domestically, like you said. Um, so Beth will be, I think, reading some apps over the next couple of weeks and uh, getting things rocking over there. Um, I'm sure you'll quote unquote, get lucky with finding another amazing assistant coach, <laughs> if, I, if I had to guess. Uh, I, I feel like there's good, you know, there's good juju. So hopefully, yes. Very much so. <laughs> I also think it's very, for the record, the people that uh, coach in this space, everybody's good. Like there, you, there's not, it's really incredible. That's like one of my favorite things when I'm talking to kids in the recruiting process. Like what other schools are you looking like? Oh, that's a great program. That'd be great if you go there. Like you, you have a great problem. You have multiple great programs that are interested in you. What a great problem to have. <laughs> uh, I'm also talking to Georgia State. Oh, great. Love Beth. Uh, I don't think I'm supposed to say that. It feels like bad recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, where you're in Fort Lauderdale right now, going to do some recruiting. Yep. I will be here recruiting at the USA, uh, the national championship for the next couple of days. And then I head to Chula Vista for the USA V camp for the the campus camp for the week. Very cool. Michael, yeah. you got some more camps? Oh, you know it. We we have our last two camps here at ULM coming up. Next one's July 28th, 29th. And then one final one, August 12th and 13th, before our student athletes come back and uh, we start gearing up for the fall. What about you, Colin? I will be um, actually kind of at home for a little while. My last trip is coming up to Chelan, Washington. Beth, any shot you're coming with me? I don't know yet. We haven't figured it out. I'm I'm hoping to. Uh, I just recruiting for student athletes and for staff is uh, proving to to be challenging. So I'm hoping I can make it. Yeah. Well, if so, I'm looking forward to seeing you out there. Um, hopefully a wine tasting or on a lake or something absolutely amazing. If you're uh, going to be there, that's a big uh, push for me to go. So I'm going to see what I can do. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. Well, Beth, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and joining us. It's been really exciting for me and Michael. Um, and we're so happy that we got to have you and, and chat with you and pick your brain a little bit more in a more, I guess, formal setting. So uh, no, this has been so much fun and I am a huge fan of both of you and I'm so grateful for the work that you guys are doing in this sport and the programs that you're building and leading and how much care you put into it. Even seeing that you guys were going to make the time to have this podcast. It means so much to our entire community um, that the time that you guys are investing to help all of us learn and grow. So thank you both so much for creating this space and having these conversations and finally, I'm I'm looking at the schedule. If you guys are going to come to the Atlanta AVP, please let me know because we're like 10 minutes away and we'd love to have you over. Well, thank you for the invitation. And thank you again for your support and coming on our show. Um, much appreciated. Absolutely. Um, always cheering for you and your successes, except for when we have to play you. And uh, <laughs> then I'm if just cheering for no injuries. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Amen.